Hey, Coop. Yeah, Dylan? Do you remember when we did Do You Remember Macross Delta? joke it never gets old in my book i love it it's the best <laughs> um i would do the pretense of how you doing bud but we we did spend like a solid like what hour two hours <laughs> catching yes. up already yeah needless hour and a to half say, needless to say for the audience we're doing good we're doing good we're, we're doing pretty uh, well yeah. busy busy it's holidays uh, um networking uh doing other side projects so it's been a minute but we're back yeah and uh more stuff going up on ann uh go check out uh, i wrote about common rider kuga kind of like the historical context about that go check that out gonna say i will confess that i i'm going through common rider kuga right now um so i had to skim some parts of your article but like ao that's a really good article. Thank Y'all you. should read it. Um, also, Common Rider Kuga is a good fucking show. You should watch it and then also read it. Yes, yes. Read the article Coop wrote. <laughs> Either, yeah, I spoil some things pretty, I, because I because you, you kind of need to to go like you have to the, talk about the, the content the, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, to, to get into the nitty gritty of it. But hey, there, a lot of people like some, that. Yeah, there there are some um. There are some, uh, like, weekly plots where, like, those characters come back later. Um, and so, mm-hmm. when you started talking about one of the characters that, like, I had just finished their introductory arc and I don't know if they're coming back, I was like, alright, I'm gonna be safe and I'm gonna click out because I am already in the point of emotional investment with this show. But, like, if you have never seen a Common Rider and are maybe wondering where to start or like maybe you're you've heard of common rider kuga but you don't know what the deal is with it i would recommend checking out that video and maybe it'll maybe it'll intrigue you uh to to go and check it out so yeah because kuga um it's 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 also like it helps that it's like most easily available right now as far as rider mm-hmm. shows go so yeah so, and it's also how can i put this um, we were talking earlier about like uh, beforehand. We we're talking about like the toyetic elements in Gundam. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't like super toyetic stuff, uh, even though it is still fairly toyetic, there's a lot less in this compared to newer shows. If that's somehow it a is, sticking point, it is grounded toyetic. Um, yeah. The uh, the the Henshin belt does not have a cool little transformation and sound effects associated with it. Which like, nope. hey, maybe you're maybe you're in it for that, but like I, you know, um, I think uh, Common Rider Kuga, because the only other Common Rider show I've seen in its entirety is um, Double. I've watched a bit of Black. Mm-hmm. I've watched a bit of Kiva, um, but uh, Common Rider Kuga is a show I feel like I would recommend to. You know, obviously, you got to kind of check in your Tokusatsu expectations. Uh, like it is kind of a low budget uh series but like it is extremely effective at uh telling a very good superhero show um that mm. deals with like the kind of cultural 
uh, is malaise the right word? I think I'll so. go with it. I think that's accurate. the 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 cultural malaise of the post economic bubble, uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I feel I like common handles... riders. Uh huh. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna, I was gonna say that common rider Kuga is the superhero a a society in the midst of a recession uh, needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Common sure. Rider hits me a lot harder emotionally than a lot of Marvel movies do. So I guess that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm getting at here. For sure. I think it also uh, does a little bit better of a job at handling that with a uh, deft hand as opposed to Black Sun which came out recently and uh I I I give Black Sun credits for like trying to do what it does but it kind of falls on its face, especially I, in that I last. I hear it's minutes. a little on the nose here and there. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna. I, I don't think I told you this. So I'm gonna type something in the chat. Um, okay, I think I know what you're talking about, but um, I think I might have told you. Uh, if you didn't tell me, I think I saw someone else tweet about it, but we'll confirm um, whether or not we're on the same page. Yep. 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 Uh huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I would have to see it myself to uh, to make a statement on it. <laughs> like I don't, I don't feel, <laughs> I don't feel qualified because, like you know, maybe it was in good faith, and maybe maybe it was. Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna assume it was in good faith, right? I mm-hmm. I don't think you would do a shot like that in bad faith. Mm-hmm. Um, because the show has its heart in the right place. It's just, yeah. uh, it, it's a, little, a bit more of a sledgehammer than a feather. Yeah. Like Kuga. I, I, I like so. to think of, I like to think of the Will, uh, the gif of Will Smith from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air going, um, he's a bit confused, but he's got the right spirit. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Um, but yeah, that's been me. I've been busy with stuff. Uh, uh, see Destiny's a television show. I can tell you about that. Thanks to Write Stuff and Ozomi for uh, having me take a look at that. Um, mm-hmm. um, we we're kind of glossing over that. a lot of these. <laughs> we're we're glossing over a lot of these because we had a pretty big conversation yeah, about it yeah. earlier. Um, <laughs> last thing on my end is hey, go watch Galaxy Express three nine and because uh, it's really good uh, and uh, it's actually like probably one of the best animated films ever made and i'm like i rarely would say something like that but it is excellent um hopefully they get to do a 4k release here stateside since japan just got it back in may fingers crossed um mm-hmm. boy that movie whew, it's gorgeous just give me 4k please please i'm usually not a sticker for stickler for that but after seeing cobra and castle of cagliostro in 4k i'm like okay you're a believer yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Then like I saw they her face. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Shrek. Uh, um... um, it's Smash Mouth. I mean, Shrek is associated, but it's not quite the same thing. And even even if um, actually, even if uh, you were attributing me to the movie Shrek from two thousand one or two thousand two, I don't fucking remember. Who cares? Um, actually, it was donkey who sang that song at the end of shrek okay. so okay. uh thank okay. you very much <laughs> okay okay <laughs> sorry hey, i don't know you, what you this ju- character is <laughs> you just you just got a tribute to one of the best movies ever made so you know shrek <laughs> premium Mwah, it is an all-star 
Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much on the top of my mind at the moment um, of stuff that has been going on in my narrative sphere. Um, what about you before we hop into the Bob Macross? I actually I have stuff that I can talk about that I didn't get to talk about on mic necessarily, uh, or not on mic, but uh, before we started this episode. Um, so yeah, a couple things. Um, I, Coop, uh, we, we do a, we do an episode, we do a series on Macross. Um, I'm assuming that you, you like stories that deal with, with the war and how it affects, uh, common people. On occasion, on occasion. Yeah, yeah. I am at the end of chapter one of Tactics Ogre, and oh boy, that is, uh, that's some good shit right there. Ooh, ooh boy. <laughs> um, there, like, so, uh, for, because we don't really talk about video games, well, we do talk about video games, but we, we don't, this isn't a video game podcast, um, I should let our listeners know that I am a huge fan of Yasumi Matsuno, I think, um, you know, Vagrant Stories, one of my favorite JRPGs of all time, as is Final Fantasy XII, um, in fact, for all of the, uh, jokes people make about Final Fantasy XII basically being Star Wars, I would argue that it, thematically and even in terms of its protagonist it has more in common with gundam um specifically mm. tomino's gundam than um <laughs> than star wars but you know that's neither here nor there um tactics ogre was like you know i, I think it was the second game that matsuno worked on um and yo dude uh dude was bad in a hundred like straight out the <laughs> gate i i really need to go and play ogre battle now <laughs> um but i guess like t uh final fantasy tactics ogre battle and tactics ogre were all games that i kind of avoided for a while because outside of fire emblem i'm not too big on strategy rpgs um mm -hmm. i played a decent amount of final fantasy tactics and i think it's good but also it was the psp port with like the terrible lag so mm -hmm. um it's hard for me to stay play uh keep to that game without bouncing off unfortunately um love that script love the story love the character progression systems and uh, like f fantastic game just could never really stick with it um mm -hmm. tactics ogre uh specifically like this current iteration of it like basically holy shit dude <laughs> this game's really fucking good <laughs> Um, the, the writing is top-notch, um, it might even, this might be hyperbolic, but, like, it might be the, the best writing any Matsuno games ever had, uh, which is mm. even more impressive that it was his second game, or major game. Mm. Um, yeah, re really good game. Like, it, it, again, if, if you like the more, like, kind of war narrative, uh, side of things, um highly recommend checking that out i uh it's it's i i think i'll have to give that a, sh a check i have uh another game you've been playing has been on my mind um about uh the vandalization and uh blue hedgehogs on rails <laughs> in a rainy world <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, I've played a little bit of that myself mm -hmm. it's a fun game I, I've heard people say it's like, because like, I, yeah, game scores are ridiculous, but I think there's more merit in my brain to a really fun 7 out of 10 
than just uh, a 10. <laughs> yeah. That's no, I, I, I super agree as. with that. Well, because mm-hmm. like when, whenever we talk about game scores, and I think this is something that people try to communicate but don't really know how to vocalize um a 10 out of 10 doesn't mean like it's the greatest game ever of all time like i i know that's kind of what what the conversation around it has turned into but like Mm -hmm. i think a 10 is like saying this game is polished and this game has a lot of like broad appeal and really that's it kind of (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah right right like because I, I could see Sonic Frontiers, like, Pokemon is is eating right now, um, but I could see Frontiers selling pretty well for, like, kids and stuff like that. And yeah. people like us well, who are like, yo, Sonic the Hedgehog, I heard he was way past cool. Can you tell me about the Mammoth Mogul? <laughs> <laughs> God. If, if, like, he can't, I don't think, because the creator of Ian Mo uh, the creator of Mammoth Mogul, I believe, has the rights to that character, just like Ken uh, Penders has the rights to his characters. But if Ian yeah. Flynn could somehow put Mammoth Mogul, who, for those who don't know, is basically um, Sonic brand flavored, uh, what what's the uh, the Kingpin from um, mm-hmm. Marvel Comics? They they just mm-hmm. took Marvel co- like Marvel Comics the Kingpin, um, <laughs> made him an elephant, and put him in the sonic universe i love him it should be in the games <laughs> <laughs> which i'm also interested because they're like oh yeah this game acknowledges the comics a lot and i'm like okay. it acknowledges the idw comics okay the very important distinction so let me ask are some of the freedom fighters from the archie comics in the idw or no no um maybe sonic said sally once I can't remember, okay. but I kind of doubt it. But if 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 that's in the game, then hey, we're eaten. Like, Finally, give, I can have me... Bunny Rabot. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, right? Like, give me some right. Bunny Rabot going on here, uh-huh. please. <laughs> the cool that's friends that Sonic never talks about. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> due to legal issues. Um, no, I, I I think I think the the original freedom fighters are are a-okay because they weren't made by archie they were made by deke i want to say um Mm, okay you know i don't know man that that whole (laughs) dimension is kind of in this weird flux both in canon and out of canon now that i think hey but at least at least at the at the at the very least it means you're gonna get um her name is surge i think the tenric yeah, yeah, Surge is so fucking cool. <laughs> like, I, I could see her being cool in a game to play if they decide they want to I, do that. Like, I don't think... the No one who listens to this show reads the IDW comics. Uh, but I, I think... Uh, <laughs> I, I think I would love to see... Um... My brain keeps defaulting to Doctor Finitivus, but that's the uh, that's the Archie mm. comic equivalent. Uh, Doctor Starline, um, the evil scientist platypus who's an Eggman stan. Um, love them. Want to see them in uh, in any kind of official capacity. Please give me an animated uh, Sonic bad guys uh, like mini series or whatever. Whatever. I, I my brain almost goes. 
you know, Sonic Adventure, but you play Surge, and <laughs> <laughs> though though honestly, the 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 mention of Sonic Adventure vibes with the overworld and because uh, it looks like a because I've also heard people mention Tony Hawk in passing, but it kind of looks like Jet Set mixed with yeah. a little bit of Sonic Adventure, and I'm like, okay, I wanna I wanna give that a shot. So I'm gonna say this. Uh... The game, to me, feels like if they stretched that one little 3D section of Sonic Jam out into a full game, mm, okay. um, but also gave it cutscenes and boss fights, it, it feels like a tech demo, but it's a fun tech demo. And I that's why you. I think I that's why I think the score of like 7 out of 10 is like entirely warranted, because... Um, like, again, if, like, a 10 out of 10 is, like, this is, you know, game reviewers, historically, um, they don't really review games as, like, works of art, or they, you know, they don't, they, the number they give is, how confident am I that if you purchase this, you'll get your bang for your yeah. buck, right? And it, it's a, it's a way more materialist view of video games. And- I, I forget where this. I think Jeff Gertzman talked about it um, on a post on Giant Bomb before he left there. Kind of like mm-hmm. what I think it was like for Halo when he was trying to write a Halo Infinite review. Um, I think that might be what it is. He's like, "What's the point of a review anymore?" Because you get so caught up in, are you actually doing criticism or are you doing a product review? And those over the years, right. that line has also gotten a bit more blurry. Yeah. So like. I, I think that that is kind of the, the bigger issue, right? Because people, games enthusiasts, games enthusiasts who are so in the, you know, the culture, saying mm-hmm. that made my stomach curdle a bit, but, like, <laughs> you get what I mean. Um, yes. Games enthusiasts who um, talk with other games enthusiasts um, have such a different view of video games as a medium, like what it is and what its potential is from the average consumer. Um, and mm. I think like a lot of the, a lot of the spite gamers t- trademark um, give to games journalists is based on the fact that like a lot of because because it's it's not about what's fun it's not about like what systems are engaging it's about like how polished is this product mm-hmm. um, and did I feel happy walking away from it it is it is the most like layman's um way of looking at things it's kind of in the same way um i was thinking about this earlier today because there was a commercial that utilized home alone and i i think it's funny that like home alone is such this iconic thing of like piece of pop culture um despite like you know it's a good movie it's a like i love that movie um, it's not what I would consider high art, but like it doesn't have to be high art because a lot of people like it, right? Like it's got mm-hmm. that broad appeal. Um, so like, of course, it has like a more enduring legacy in terms of pop culture because why wouldn't it? It's it's fucking Home Alone. Kevin McAllister beats up the burglars with various traps and slapstick happens. Like kids love it, families love it. Like it. So like you know, a video game review, a ten out of ten doesn't necessarily mean like look at things holistically it looks like it it's like kind of evaluating a game's place in pop culture i guess Mm -hmm. 
rather I, than like too... any me- meaningful artistic uh like position and i think too talking about the gamers tm um mm-hmm. there are i i think sometimes the danger that some people fall into when it comes to most reviews even outside of games is they want to go to the review for some kind of validation validation when absolutely when they don't necessarily need that like right um just like say i remember back in high school or maybe it was middle school there was like a dynasty warriors gundam review and mm-hmm. the reviewer at ign really didn't like it and i was like what are you talking about and now that i'm older i'm just like no you wanted some validation out of the fact that you like this game. Why don't other people like it? It's not. It's not about that. Um, and people get so angry about reviews because they want that validation. Oh, my opinion was right, rather than, hey, this person has their own idea of what this game is like, and also, um, I think when it comes Coop, to I'm game sorry, reviews, I think that game is cheeks. I can't keep this in. I can't hide it anymore. <laughs> What, 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 where, who? I said, I think Dynasty Warriors Gundam is some butt cheeks. Oh, it probably is. I haven't touched it in 15 years, so I wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> but uh, maybe, too, Wilson and I put a lot of time into that game, too, just sitting next mm-hmm. to each other. So that might be yeah. part of it. I have um, a personal vendetta against that game because the summer I, uh, the summer either I got it for my brother or he bought it himself. But like the summer we got that game, I was not allowed to play my PS2. Not because I got kicked off of it by my parents or whatever. No, it's because my brother literally played that game twenty four seven. I thought, oh. oh, maybe I could sneak down into the basement to like actually play the games I want to play since it's you know one o'clock on a Saturday. Oh shit, he's still playing this fucking game. Oh, boy, yeah. Okay, I understand that. Um, <laughs> but that also brings up a good point, because, like, talking where I came from it, where you come from it, where the reviewer comes from it, we all bring different things into it, and maybe there needs to be a little bit of audit of who, what does the reader bring into it, and what does the author bring into it? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, just some well, food for thought there. I, I also generally have the same issues with Musou games that a uh, mutual friend of ours has with uh, a certain game about uh, destroying things and getting rewarded so you can destroy more things and it's uh, kind oh, of brain dead okay. cycle. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um... Um, mm-hmm. Anywho. <laughs> so, I actually started watching, like, I'm only two and a half episodes in, but I started watching Attack on Titan which I know is a controversial uh, show nowadays. <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there's been so much talk and discourse around the show. Part part of the reason I'm watching it is like, okay, it's high time that I actually watch this thing myself and form my own opinion on it. Because I was too much of a hipster to watch it when it was new and fresh and everyone liked it. Um, so, so far, show good. Uh, it mm-hmm. has a really strong start. I know it's gonna get in- I I know what it gets into later, so I'm not about to, like, defend it. But, like, as- on my impressions as a viewer who's, like, trying to see how we get there. Show good. We'll- we'll see where it ha- goes. Please be patient I... with me. I- <laughs> I was pretty positive with it when I first saw it as it was airing, and then lost interest about halfway through it. <laughs> the first season, anyway. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, I will 
the 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 main reason that I'm watching it is that um I have two coworkers. I I mentioned them briefly before we uh I mentioned one of them briefly before we started uh this episode. Um but they they are brothers and you know Attack on Titan was their gateway drug. So you know mm, um and you so. know we'll 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 talk about various anime. Um we we've had numerous conversations about uh Chainsaw Man is like the hot topic of now. Um but uh you know uh attack on titan clearly has like so much value to them like it was that naruto and i'm not watching naruto mm-hmm. so i might as well watch attack on titan <laughs> I get you. um uh you know it, it was such a is watershed moment the right term i always hear it i could say so it was like so it was like as far as i hear like in conversation like I, it's first time I remember like in college seeing people just casually wear the uniform. I don't know why they would, the the survey scout uniform and like that. <laughs> yeah, that even even as that. early as episode two, there's all already kind of a fashy overtone to like. I I think it was yeah. always there, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like a huge part of the backlash is like, oh, this thing is bad, and it's like, well, I think they were always kind of engaging with that stuff and i think yeah I'll, I'll see whether or not it supports it or criticizes it uh as i make it my way through it myself but like mm-hmm. you know I, I i feel like the first thing we have to acknowledge is that maybe you shouldn't have been wearing the <laughs> survey yeah. core sweaters yeah yeah maybe not it's like but... it, it, <laughs> i mean like if, if, if you know obviously you're allowed to wear a um a uh why am i a xeon um uniform branded like apparel like you know it's fine you can wear like a stormtrooper like star wars stormtrooper t-shirt like all that stuff is like fine like the merchandising is like a thing in and of itself but um you know i guess like what i'm trying to say is like maybe the fashy protagonist um aren't people you're supposed to necessarily root for but you, you could also make a good argument about maybe don't wear xeon uniforms either <laughs> well don't wear xeon uniforms but you know what i mean but, like like yeah, i know like, like the, the xeon wear insignia yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. like it because at a certain point like for it sure. is just kind of a nerdy um nerdy graphic tee. because um, i i also think yeah because a lot of like the yeah, not now. I'm thinking about it. Like all the apparel I've ever seen for Attack on Titan is variations on that uniform, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So you you have a good point there. Yeah, it's 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 fashion branding that uh, is very convenient for pop culture to use. <laughs> like I, I don't I try not to look at it as anything deeper than that. I get you. Um, hey hey, I, you, fash unbranding exactly (laughs) we got there but um yeah all all that to say is that um whether or not attack on titan is like fascist propaganda whether or not attack on titan um is uh you know sticks the landing or not as a story in and of itself i'm i'm gonna be going through it and and making my own uh making my own opinions so Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I'll report back to you. Maybe this is too hot of a topic for me to discuss. Um, <laughs> and I'll just keep quiet about it and we'll talk about it off mic. Uh, who knows? But, uh, I'm just letting people know, like, 
This anime I'm, was pretty big. Let's let's get to the bottom of that. <laughs> I'm curious to hear what you what you have to say on it, just because like issues issues or not, it's kind of had a unmistakable mark on the anime landscape. So yeah, it's like it's kind of one of those things you're gonna you can't ignore it. it. Yeah, you can't avoid it. Yeah. So yeah. Hmm. It's like Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> Bad guy made some decent stuff here and there. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so we'll... I'll, I'll... You know. Um, people, let us know if you want me to talk about Attack on Titan or if you just want me to shut the fuck up and not say anything about it. I'm willing <laughs> to do either. <laughs> I don't want to spread uh, harmful uh, sentiments because that's bad <laughs> i don't want to do yeah. that i get you uh-huh okay so i think we're ready i i just i okay. did want to get that out of the way because like i i thought that was an interesting thing to bring to this anime podcast oh for sure because now we're gonna god that that gave me like dysphoria <laughs> Oh boy, Macross Delta. It is. It has been. Da 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 da. Kuhn Kuhn. Oh boy. Um. So yeah, Macross Delta. We're back to it, and I, we 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 hopped in a decent. Uh, good thing we weren't like right in the middle of crazy stuff. So. Because mm-hmm. boy, we have like a a, a pretty. Yo, we Compact. picked up the perfect episode to, like, jump back in, because they filled us in on, like, everything that happened in the last couple episodes. Yeah, for sure. Boy. So, after we get filled in on everything, we uh, we see a gentleman walking, episode 10 this is, uh, walking into the castle on Winter- Windermere. He's some dude named Berger. He's from this organization called Epsilon. And he's all like, hey, you want to use this cool stuff and make the kids singing even more powerful? And, uh, Roy's like, but that can hurt him. And everybody's like, so, um, and then we go to this night festival going on in Ragna on the docks. It's, it's really great. I, I love it. Um, especially you got Raina sitting there in that freaking jellyfish outfit. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking absurd. <laughs> it's mm, like adorable, it's but it's like, it is so garish i i do also notice too how in a lot of these episodes uh both her and uh machina are a bit are like played off as the comic relief lesbians <laughs> yes yes listen every friend group needs the comic relief lesbian couple <laughs> this is true this is true um <laughs> um and the kids uh, uh chuck's younger brother's and the younger sister are going on about how great the dumplings are. But, like, the two little boys are like, these dumplings are fire! They're bomber! <laughs> and the, They're bussin'. It's great. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> bustin', bustin', bustin'. <laughs> uh, Real wild energy we got with these summers. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yep. And 
Speaking of wild energy, uh, his little sister also quotes Cheryl. It's like this is a service we offer we offer often, and Threa uh, uh, gets up and starts singing a silly little song about the jellyfish dumplings, and as they're all standing around, and uh, thank you. Um, yeah. As no everybody's problem. sitting around, sitting at the. Um, because Mirage and Hayate are working the dumpling at the cart, and they talk a bit about it. And oh, this is the jellyfish festival. It's super important for Oregonian culture, um, but also like, hey, Christmas might be in Japan. It's a romantic holiday because while this might be like uh, a festival to appeal to the to the um, the jellyfish gods, also it's like, hey. Uh, if you're going to be with the one you confess with forever, if you confess on this day. So it's also a romantic holiday. Um, and again, that jellyfish outfit is like great. Um, and then uh, a little later, we, we learn from Makina and Chalker talking, and we learn that Messer is actually going to be relocating soon. He hasn't really told anybody about it, though. He's going to a, a post where VAR is very unlikely, um, but he hasn't stopped by to, like, say goodbye to anybody yet. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then on the deck of the Elysion, um, uh, Messer is sitting there with a rod watching the planes go off. And he's like, hey, is it okay if I just leave? Um, and Rod's like, hey, it's fine. And he mentions uh, Ando about uh, jellyfish. I, I forget what, exactly what the antidote is uh it's something oh i'd have to look back at it but it's like something about um going before your prime or something like that um oh let me scan the episode i'll see if i can find it okay got you as uh messer is grabbing his stuff and he's packing up to get out of there he runs into kaname and uh, she's like, hey, we're planning to meet up tomorrow to send you off. Um, but he's like, yeah, I'm not going to show up. We're good. Don't worry about me. Um, and we go back to the dock at the festivals, uh, at the festival. And the crew is all talking about how, hey, Messer, she's she's got a crust on Kaname. Especially because of, yo, that Axios song. How about that? And, and then... Somebody mentions, well, she does have a thing for a rod. And Hayate's like, what? That old wrinkled jellyfish? What are you talking about? <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Which also we see the old scarred up meerkat with another meerkat too. <laughs> Why don't they bring that up? Um, oh, wait, real quick. Um, by the way, uh, the, the proverb was jellyfish babies quickly learn to st- swim even without their parents. I think that gotcha. was it. Yes, yes, yes. Because yeah, it was okay. the 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 whole thing about because uh, I was thinking of the the expression about uh, baby birds learning to fly too. Yeah, yeah. So, but yes. So, uh, Makina is like, hey, Hayate. Uh, you you need to go on a mission for me. So he ends up hanging out with Messer, and uh, finding him there walking around and about. And then we go to the roof of the Elysium on top of the head, and Arad and Ernest are just sitting there drinking um, as they kind of go over the situation. 
talking about how they're going to carry on without, without Messer, even though it's going to be rough. Um, and Ernest is like, well, Lady M wants us to straighten up our defenses here on Ragna and Al-Shahal because, boy, ruins and boy. Because um, they uh, talk a little bit about the remaining uh, planets with ruins on them. And specifically at the mention of Al-Shahal, uh, Arad thinks of how everything kind of started there with Hayate and Freya and how their, their fates and his fate are kind of tied in with Windermere. And we see Makumo just in a moon bath somewhere. Though yep. Who knows? She she might actually be underwater. How about that? Huh, I don't know if she's human. Coop, hmm, hmm. Um, I'm, I'm so, going to be real with you. I did not get that implication from that scene, so thanks for spoiling, <laughs> Jackhead. No, oh, just... my goodness. Ah. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is the spoiler. Um, so the crew is again hanging out by the docks, and uh, Freya's just kind of hanging out, and the crowd points at points her out, and the comic relief lesbians mention that, uh, you know, she's getting more popular these days. People aren't thinking about the spy thing anymore. Like, people seem to like her, um, uh, but they're actually more intently watching uh, Messer and Kaname at, at the other deck nearby. And uh, as they talk, we learn that Messer is going to be a uh, flight ex- instructor at his new post. They can take his Valkyrie with him. And uh, Makina mentions, uh, it's like, yeah, I had you bring him out here so he can make some memories before he skadoodles. And uh, Freya is like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that thing to him about making the most out of the present and how I don't really think about my days i just go at it every day uh one day at a time and don't think about the next day um but the lights soon go out on the docks as the jellyfish begin to fly and they emerge from the sea and chuck is like yeah they they come up to lay their eggs um and freya then starts talking about from the site of like i'm gonna sing with everything i have and hayate is like i'm gonna do that with flying and but he realizes that Messer's not going to be able to do that as an instructor anymore. And seeing the jellyfish, Messer's like, "Hey, Kaname, here's my bracelet. This saved me. Thank you." Um, and the the night ends. So the next morning, Messer heads heads out, but Kaname is pretty beat up over it. And after the 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 title, the quick gotcha screen there, Roy's like. Hey, I'm gonna. They're they're kind of walking through the halls, Keith and his aerial knight posse and Royd, and they just start going at it with swords. Um, basically because Royd's like, "Hey, Heinz needs to rest. We're not pushing it." But Keith soon bests him, and Keith's like, "We're gonna end this war quick. And if he dies, he joins the Great Wind." And Heinz shows up and's like, "Yeah, I'm on the same page here." Okay, that's your brother. Okay. Cool. Woo woo, let's go. Pressure your um, siblings into killing themselves for you. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, we get on the outskirts of Al-Shahal. Um, Heinz has started another bar outbreak. The knights are on the scene. And uh, Keith starts looking for Messer in the fight. And then um, uh, on the bridge... Of the, yeah, go ahead. 
I was wondering if I should hold this or uh, I'll talk about it now. Um, there's a severity to Keith's character that I find absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very, because uh, I mean, like, he, obviously he's he's like pushing his brother to to do all this shit because he believes in like the cause is greater than any of them and that's fucked up and shitty and sucks. And I mm-hmm. want to make it clear that I am not sympathizing with him here. Um, but I, I think, cause something I kind of forgot about until the, the last episode we'll cover, um, is that their lifespan isn't that long to begin with. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we have to, we have to push so radically if we want change for our future generations, because our generations are so short and fleeting mm-hmm. and like they feel that pressure all the time. And so it's like nobody's lives actually matter the future of our of our kingdom of our race what have you like matters more is a greater cause um and again i want to establish that that is a shitty fucked up way of thinking and it is doubly so for any humans who think that way Mm -hmm. um yep but uh you know that's more or less what Char's counterattacks about right um you haven't seen Char's counterattack i'm telling you right now coop that's what Char's counterattack is okay. about okay that um, sounds about right <laughs> hey, i mean Char's hey. counterattack is about a lot of things but i think that's like for me that was like one of the bigger takeaways is is keith about to do something wicked yes actually <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I, I think it's very different from, like, you know, because obviously Char is a character we've spent a lot more time with uh, mm-hmm. than Keith, but, like, I think something about, like, reading, like, you recapping these events to me just now, like, kind of something clicked into place, I guess, um, mm-hmm. where, yes, uh, Keith is, like, a very cold-hearted character, um, and, you know, he... His morality is maybe a little too, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, I think if, if we accept for a second that like Keith is a, is a character who truly believes he is doing the right thing more than he is vying for any kind of absolutist power for himself in his own, Mm -hmm. uh, means, or, or, or not his own means, sorry, his own end, um, that adds a very interesting layer to the character that I, I wanted to make sure we we talked about briefly. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I can definitely, I can definitely see that too, because he doesn't, he doesn't seem like a personally motive, it's motivated kind of thing. It's like, again, like you said, the greater, the greater cause is more of his thought, which isn't great, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, but now, now I'm thinking of Char too. It's like he does kind of have some Char-like actions throughout his appearances, mm-hmm. which also mm-hmm. makes me go. Uh, since I mentioned the Char's counterattack, uh, hey, uh, rest in peace, Michael Kopsa, uh, By the way. Oh wait, um, seriously? Yeah, the the voice of Char. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize. Fuck. Yeah, he had, he had passed. I think uh, midway last month. So damn yeah so okay i hope 
yeah, rest in peace. Do something wickedly cool in the afterlife, my dude. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, Damn, that's such a bummer. Yeah. Sorry, continue. It's all good. So, um, on the bridge of the Elysium, the crew tells Ernest that the ruins everywhere are starting to react to the singing. And even on people, even on planets without any ruins, they can hear it. So, wa- wait, wait, I'm, I- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wouldn't have interrupted you if I didn't, if this wasn't like mind blowing to me, but I just, okay. re- I just learned he was beast in X-Men Evolution. <laughs> that is crazy to me i feel like i have to go back to x-men evolution now (laughs) sorry we we, we're i'm back now i just i I wanted to do like a brief little scroll through his work gotcha no worries um so as you do a walk here gets airdropped on the ruins and uh they start singing as well but it creates somewhat of a feedback loop in the ruins that caught that Heinz hears before Freya and Makumo get sent into this mental void, showing them the, the great flaming crater, the crackling crater on Windermere, while also speaking of flames, uh, shows Heinz visions of flames and destruction. And so the girls are knocked out um, as a result, and the knights decide, oh, we're going on to the offensive. And the Delta Flight is really struggling without Messer, Hayate, and Mirage specifically. However, as they're as they're starting to get shot down a bit, they're not completely out of the fight. Messer shows up at the last moment, and everybody's like, "Why are you here?" And he's like, "I, I had to be here." Um, and this is just as Bogue is coming in to fire at the girls with Theo and Tao, but Messer ends up taking the hit for them, and he's like, "Hey, Kaname, sing to me before I completely turn." And um, he soon gets into the zone hearing her sing. And he is riding on the wind like that one Kabuki person and that one other dude in this television show have done. Um, And (laughs) seeing uh, Messer get in the zone, Keith has like a devilish smile he flashes and gets right into fighting with him. And... Hayate and everybody are shocked that, oh, he's not going berserk. He's staying in control. He is riding the wind. And um, as he fights, Messer thinks of Kaname. But as he, uh, but as he's fighting, Keith uses one of his destroyed missile pods to create a shmo- uh, smoke screen and shoots right into Messer's cockpit. And as soon as the laser goes in, it's like a the, the it's like a fucking water balloon it's just yeah. like <laughs> it's visceral man yeah like ooh, like i mean obviously obviously the second i saw that laser like enter through the cockpit like i knew there was no hope of survival like th- they played with like you feel the death flag pretty early um maybe mm. not at the start of the episode but like midway through the fight you're like okay yeah this is probably the pineapple salad moment um but it might not be and you're not entirely sure and then all of a sudden um you see the guy get shot and you're like yeah okay i knew it and then you get the blood effect and i personally i was like oh jesus guys you didn't have to go <laughs> you didn't have to spill the campbell soup all over the place <laughs> right um 
you know like it's they 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 gave my man's a, a bernie death just nothing but burger in there yep nope yep mm-hmm mm-hmm <laughs> You think Char's gonna try and sell him at uh, McDonald's? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Next to the Bernie Burger, the Messer Burger. It's a messy burger. Oh no! It's a messy uh, Don't ask what the secret sauce is. That's that's a secret ingredient I keep in my pocket right next to the war. The the war in my pocket? Huh? Huh? Oh huh? uh, yeah, no, that one didn't immediately click. I'm sorry, no, man. No, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to. Uh, but uh, aside from my dumb joke, uh, Kaname falls over in shock upon seeing this. Yeah, it's the end of the end of episode ten. Boy, hard cut to credits. No, no, no. Um, no, no whimsical like... uh fun <laughs> ending like... song dead end <laughs> uh Damn. dude that that song that was playing in the fight at the end was pretty good i feel Axios, like i've said that for uh good. for a, a, a handful of them but like the music um this song in particular i was like oh yeah shit i fuck with this one i just keep on thinking about how all the walkier music is pretty good like uh mm -hmm. when they were also singing a walkier attack coming in on the ruins um the, the i think one of my favorites though is the end of the next episode which we'll get to shortly <laughs> yes that one's also very good mm -hmm. oh yeah did you have anything more before we hop into this next one because it's kind of it kind of rolls um, all into each other these three yeah i uh i guess what i'll say is um Messer's death doesn't quite hit the same way that like um you know Roy Foker or even Gold's death deaths do. Mm -hmm. Uh but like that being said, like Messer was an interesting character and like even when like you know he was getting transferred, I'm like, I'm gonna miss this guy. Um so I I, I miss this guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um I and you know maybe another part of it is also like it's been a while since we watched the last episode so maybe my memory of this character is a bit fuzzier um but like yeah no i uh it it's like seeing a coworker leave it's like oh shit man i mean like you were cool <laughs> mm -hmm. um but i i i say all that to say that like i still think that death was effective cuz you know, I, I do like this character, and I do feel like I was really warming up to the character just as he was snatched away from it, me. So it's like it's like a different kind of emptiness. I get you. Yeah. Though I, I, I am kind of there with you. I think it would have been way more effective if the blood splatter wasn't there. You just laser beam, and the bird crashes. <laughs> no, I, 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 I thought the blood splatter was fine. Um, mm -hmm. I think... Um, like i i didn't think it was like it was overkill but i thought it was like the i right thought it kind was of overkill I, yeah i thought it was the right kind of overkill because um okay. you know I'm, I'm already talking about how keith is kind of keith is a very severe character i think and having like this on-screen kill that was like by his hands be so visceral and gruesome 
that's fitting um, for him. Mm-hmm. That's very fitting for him. Um, okay. So I, I think, you know, it might be overkill in, in so far as, like, maybe it kind of undercuts the emotional moment in a way. But it, it's... No, I, I, I think it's it's a strong emotion, but it's it's less the tragedy of the loss of this character and more like the kind of trepidation of a character as ruthless as Keith. Gotcha. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Things continue to be ruthless and dark in episode 11. Um, so, it is a dark day on Ragnar. Um, and... Ayate is trying to sit on the deck with his hand bird, but uh, and Hi- and Mirage shows up and it's like, hey, Messer- Messer's casket is here, and uh, right before the opening, the whole crew in tears salutes him, and afterwards, uh, uh, Makina and Reyna are running tests on Freya, and they're finding nothing out of the norm despite what happened. And Mikuma walks in like, yeah, somebody brain hacked us. Um, appeared into our minds. And they're like, oh, I was probably the wind singer. Um, and then a little later, um, Kaname is reviewing the information with a rod. And it's like, you know, the ruins create a feedback loop that affected everybody involved. That was so powerful. Yeah, it might have, it might have shaked the galaxy perhaps it could have at least and Arad's like hey are you okay um but she deflects is like hey are you okay though um and then we go to the garage the hangar and uh Hayate Mirage and Chuck along with some mechanics are looking over his cockpit and we learn that 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 goes even further into what you're talking about how brutal um Keith is that shot was like straight through Messer's heart. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, that that level of uh, accuracy and just like yeah, I, I I heard that and I was like, damn, <laughs> fucking Keith, yeah. bro. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> like I I it's it's funny because like when i when i look at a character that is dressed as like keith really kind of struck me as like a character who does more grandstanding than like you know he walks the walk and like he's an intimidating character in his own right but like mm-hmm. man they they the, this trio of episodes really did the heavy lifting of like oh man this guy's a monster jesus christ yeah yeah oh oh boy so Speaking of monsters, so after the battle, um, Bo starts talking shit about Messer, and Keith just holds a knife up to him and is about to knock him over. Yeah, yeah, dude's about to fall over. Like, <laughs> into the void. Uh-huh. But eventually, it's fine, because he was talking that shit about Messer. And Bo's like, was it something I, I said? And uh herman's response is ruined i'm just like oh no you're just saying no shit <laughs> i said read on your session yeah it was something you said asshole <laughs> <laughs> oh boy but uh oh yeah these that moment and more moments we see is like damn keith um 
So we go to Heinz. He's laying down trying to rest. And he's still spooked by what he saw. And Royd's trying to calm him down, saying, hey, rest. Um, and as he's walking through the halls, it's like, okay, his fold resonance is getting stronger. Oh, but now Burger's back. Have more information. And they're all in front of the king now. And they're saying, well, we can do an activation. What? And the king's like, no, we're moving on with the front. Let's go. Let's do this. And the king calls out Royd for like, you're being too flippy floppy on this. I'm taking full command. Um, I've, I've felt what happened. And I also felt what Walker can do. Nah, it's in my hands now. And so a little later on, they're kind of like sitting uh, outside on like a snowy hanger. Snowy deck, probably. And Keith is asking Royd why he's so protective of Hines. And he says, like, I'm loyal to him. You know, look at our history. He could be the next proto-culture king. Talking a bit to how sharp Keith is here. He starts mentioning the lifespan. It's like, oh, you're being way too slow. Like, you know, we're going to die before this happens. And it takes him aback. Thinking about, you know... I get what you're talking about, life being slow. But I have my own plans that I'm doing fast as well. So elsewhere, we're in the meeting room of the Elysion. And everyone is still grappling a message death. But it becomes even more difficult now that they talk about bringing somebody in from another squad to replace him. And and the response, Haite's negative response, leads to a reasonably resonant response. Arad is like, hey, can you make up that difference? Huh? Because uh, look how much we're, we're not in a great state afterwards. And Murat, he leaves, and Murat tries to go after him. And Arad's like, leave him be. You know, this is the first time he's lost a comrade. And the situation is starting to hit Walkure as well with thoughts of like only if we were stronger and uh Ernest starts taking stock of the whole situation uh realizing that the more ruins that Windermere controls the more control they have over the whole cluster even on planets without r ruins it kind of blankets everything so naturally they want the ruins on Al-Shahal and Ragna to cover everything all over the cluster and Ernest has already made a call for reinforcements. And hey, hey, here we go. The king's ready to go on the offensive. So he's speaking to the troops in his grand speech. And the land opens. Kind of like the, I, I think of the Starkiller pace in that in the first sequel oh trilogy God, yeah. movie. And it opens up to reveal this giant proto-culture ship. The Sigur Balans as it comes up. And, um... They plan to hit Al-Shahal first, and the king goes on about how he's going to reclaim all that was lost. And then after the mid-cut credit screen, after the title card, Hayate meets up with the crew on the beach, with the old crew. Everybody's there. He's like, why, why am I here? But no, they're here to do what is called a jellyfish send-off. Um, uh, Chuck talks about how, this is an old tradition on Ragna, how they send off spirits in these little boats as hopefully one day they might be reborn as a jellyfish and they're going to have a big party for him and the his uh little brothers made this little boat that looks like his um valkyrie oh yeah with yeah. a little insignia on it so 
they're gonna have a big party and send them off and Arad, Arad and Kaname and Ernest show up and he brings his best banana sake which he'd been holding on for a long time one he was gonna share with Messer and the everybody's banana like, sake sounds kind of dope actually I kind of want to try that <laughs> um Everybody's like, well, you just wanted to have some, didn't you, Chuck? And Chuck's like, no. What are you talking about? And I'm like, man, why are y'all piling in on Chuck? He's having yeah. it now. He's having it. He's drinking his honor. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh-huh. So. Can't, um, can't let Chuck do anything without anyone no. having to make a bit about it. Let Chuck be Chuck happy. Chuck rules. I love him. Yeah. Chuck, Chuck is great. So, um, as they're partying and, and commiserating, the boys start singing as they're reflecting on Messer. And what song are they singing? Hey, do, 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 what, what number do you remember, Dylan? See, I felt like I knew I recognized it as I was listening to it, but I was trying to remember, like, all right, is this Firebomber? Is this a Cheryl joint? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Help me out, Coop, as the, as uh, the resident Macross expert. I guess so. Uh, remember 16. That's what it, Oh my god. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's driving me crazy. I, I like... <laughs> Coop, Coop, when I tell you, like, thank god you're here, because I would have been thinking about that all day. Like, god, what was that song <laughs> referencing? Though I, I really like that, too, because... Outside of like Ozma listening to like Firebomber MP3s on his phone, like I kind of like the the idea that people just randomly play, like, and also the, the context of the song makes sense for for a celebration of life. But this like oh the people this is just a song people are playing, like I kind of like mm-hmm. that too. Um, but also like. Yeah, this is a really good song for people commiserating and celebrating a good friend. Um, Absolutely. Reflecting and, on uh, um, his life and what he mm-hmm. meant to all of them individually. Mm-hmm. Which they soon all kind of get down on themselves about it because Hayate finds Mirage off on her own. She's like, I wish I would have said something about the VAR to somebody sooner. And um, Freya feels kind of the same way responsible being like hey live your day day once at a time like we talked about earlier and uh back at the fire uh arad is feeling also responsible because he let him back in the cockpit but Ernest's like hey we wouldn't be here right now without him and suddenly the mechanics show up with a flight log they, they the one thing they found in his cockpit had a flight log he kept and it was mostly just his observations of like the mistakes Hayate and Messer and Chuck and Mirage made. Um, well, now less less his own because I've said Messer in there too. Uh, less his own <laughs> mistakes because mm-hmm. you could tell through his notes he was like very, very in love with flying. That's why he was mm-hmm. like taking notes so minutely on everything they did. Um, right, and the love of the flying reminds Freya of her own love of singing, because he loved it yeah. just as much. And and that that all that criticism and kind of um, 
all of that criticism it like is his way of like trying to bring people up to it kind of parallels and i'm drawing a blank on her name right now so forgive me but blue blue girl blue walker eh? um oh bakumo yeah that that kind of like i love this so much and i see that you are trying but i also know that you can be way better than what you are giving everyone mm -hmm. um and you are not going to push yourself unless i am there to push you Though it's funnier too because Mikumo doesn't necessarily do this, but the kids mention how they heard him talking pretty straightforward with them on occasion about like mm -hmm. he actually had good things to say about Mirage and Hayate, uh, right? But he never said anything because he was worried about getting too attached in case something would happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and like after hearing this, the the mood kind of goes down a bit more, and Chuck's like, "Okay, we're sending off the boat now." Yeah. Um, and as he starts setting out the boat, Makumo starts singing giraffe blues, and slowly but surely, uh, first Freya joins them, and then uh, Reina and Makina. And then, it's funny, as she starts walking out there, though, Reina's like, I guess I can't have jellyfish anymore, I might accidentally <laughs> mess her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all those comic release lesbians just the best yes um, it's the circle and, of life uh, it's all right <laughs> and <laughs> sorry <laughs> episode four episode four of dude you remember macross delta <laughs> don't get bored by the comic relief lesbian <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that is that that is that that is something oh that's that, i feel the cursed <laughs> And I'm surprised I didn't say that. Bravo. Bravo. Ah. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. Realizing, uh, aside from his feelings about that specific situation, uh, <laughs> Haite realizes, you know what? I'm going to do my best to cover for Messer and tells Rob you don't need another one. And Kaname... Eventually, it's like, okay, I'm going to walk out and join them. And she's like, well, yeah, Frey isn't your only competition, Mikumo. Because, you know, I'll be stronger than the rest of you. I've gone through a lot, and I am nothing to sneeze at. And she picks up the rest of the song and starts tearing up as the boat flo floats off. And the episode kind of ends as you see the boat kind of rocking on the waves as the credits go down. Um... So yeah, that uh, we'll get to one more thing, but uh, that was episode eleven for the most part. <laughs> it's a good episode. Um, honestly, yeah. uh, spoilers for Yu Yu Hakusho. If um that's an anime that's on your radar that you haven't seen yet, so I apologize. Um, I love, I love it when an anime dedicates like an entire episode to just a funeral and the mm -hmm. the characters kind of processing the loss. Um. And I, again, I, I feel like it ties kind of back into, um, like I was saying, at, like after you summarized the last episode, I don't really feel like I knew a messer, but I, I felt like I could have, right? Like, mm. you know, just as thing people, just as the character was starting to warm up to the audience, he's taken away from us. Very similar to how, from Hayate's perspective, he only learns about how much messer cared. <laughs> after the fact 
and yeah, I I I think I think it's a pretty good parallel. I feel like um, mm-hmm. it's nice to kind of have give all these characters a space where like due to the necessity of the environment they all have to come together and just like kind of be for a second rather because usually it's 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 all about that forward momentum of like you have to be a better pilot you have to be a better singer um there's emergencies that are happening all the time and here's an episode where they're just allowed to talk to each other um and like you know there's still conflict in some ways but like it's not it's it's not about that so much it's about trying to understand um this person that they lost and trying to understand the uh the people and relationships he left behind Mm -hmm. so yeah cool episode so after um people are processing that right after the credits yo the fleet, the UN, new UN government fleet outside of Al Shahal. Uh, hey, singing and big old ship soon overwhelm them. <laughs> and that kind of goes right into the next episode. Um, before we get that, I, I'm there with you to on uh, the, the time they give to uh, mess, people kind of processing Messer's passing. Um, I just, as, as a moment, I always think of when I thought of Delta, but even before we revisited the mm-hmm. giraffe blues, when they're sending him off has always been one that's really stuck in my mind. Like, oh yeah, it, it helps that there's a fire bomber song right before it, but, uh, you know, that's, that's my own <laughs> brain worms, but that whole, that whole scene was like really done, real done. I think it's. I think it's one of the better send-offs for a character the the show has had because I think of mm-hmm. thinking more about Messer's death. It reminds me of kind of how, in a way, how abrupt Kakizaki's death is in in a bit combination, but they give some more time for it to breathe. Um, though, yeah, because there's a little more. You 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 get some. You get some layering, a little bit of layering before the pineapple style shows up, but that's pretty abrupt as well. But man, now I'm thinking of the five times they almost killed Gamma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. I'm glad I'm glad he made it to the end of that show, but God knows they yep. were testing me some of those times. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So speaking of situations we don't know whether Gamma would survive. So uh, we're picking right back up. Wait, uh, what is the connection there? Because it's a new end, new UN ship fleet. I don't know. It's bad. And right. People die. Okay. Uh, All right. Segway. Segway. Yep. Segway. It's 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 a scooter that automatically. Paul Blart rides a Segway. I thought you were gonna say Hayate dances on the Segway at the start of this next episode. <laughs> Maybe that would be great. It's all right. You're allowed to just make shit up. <laughs> Hayate Immelman Mall Cop. <laughs> okay. Gross. Okay. Um, so we're picking right back up, and the new UN, new UN troops try to to shoot missiles and lasers at the Sigur Balance to stop it. 
behinds ends up creating a dimensional fault that just blocks it and acts like a shield. Um, yeah, it's dimensional faults have come a long way since they were just blocking planets to get there fast because of space bugs. Um, um, and as soon after that happens, the fleet is completely varred afterwards, as well as the residents on Al Shahal. And uh, Delta Flight and the Walkyrie feel the song along with the ruins activating. However, before they can even go out, they, they realize, oh, Al Shahal has surrendered and it's only been 15 minutes. How about that? Which also shocks Royd uh, because, like, oh, this protoculture weapon, kind of strong. How about that? So protoculture being powerful, what a concept! Who knew? So tons of uh, members of Chaos start converging on Ragna because they know that hey, uh, the Windermerians are aiming for here next, and so once they're all in the meeting room, Ernest, Konami, and Arag get straight to it. So they they break down that hey, that Windermere ship, it's protoculture stronger than anything they've dealt with before, and Makuma points out. They're not going to attack right away. And everybody's like, what? And she's like, trust me. The, they need to give the Windsinger at least a day's worth of breather. And using this window, Ernest is like, okay, we're going to go hit Al Shahal then. Because the king is there. Let's go get him. And uh, the Delta flight in Walkir will head there while the rest of Chaos stays on Ragnar to defend it. So in the hallways... Uh, as they're walking around, Arad's like, hey, Mirage, you're promoted. Also, you're in charge of the Delta flight now. You're now Delta 2. I'm going to be overseeing the operation myself. And she's a little she's a little flustered by that because she's like, yeah. I, I don't know about this, man. <laughs> she might be in over her head. Yep. Real talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little bit, slightly. Yeah. So, so on the Sigur balance, the king for once is like, hey, my son. I know you've come to see me, but you should go sleep, dude. <laughs> um, so meanwhile, uh, Berger and Keith are looking over the over the shrine when Roy shows up. And um, and Roy's like, why are you here? Not Roy, excuse me. Keith is like, why are you here, Roy? I thought we pushed you out of here. Um, and Roy's like, he tries to appeal to Keith like, hey, maybe try not to kill your brother. Especially given, like, you know, our connections to the protoculture. And Keith is like, do you think the UN actually cares about that? Hmm? Hmm? And Roy starts mentioning, like, you know, we have a, we have a lot of things to do after this that war That sure is, is dangerous conjecture you're throwing out there, Keith. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, also, the UN probably doesn't care, but, like, that, does, that doesn't mean they'll s- stop you. <laughs> like, Yeah, no. No, I'm sure. I'm sure um, an agreement could be reached, but oh yeah, also he's probably like what at the end of his lifespan. Maybe I like. Uh, how how old? How old do uh um? Usually thirty. Uh, Windermerians. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Windermerians usually go to about thirty. Some of them get a little older, but that's pushing it. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Keith's what in his like mid twenties, I think so, as is yeah. Roy. But I think with that in mind, like 
droids also like, hey, we got a lot of things to do after the war, and we don't have a lot of time to do it, so, uh, um, but Keith has kind of made it clear he kind of just wants blood. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, violence is the easiest, the cheapest, not cheap, mm. but you know what I mean, like, it, yeah, it's, of course. even though it, like, destruction's the easiest thing to resort to, because it's not... It's not something you have to maintain. It's something that is like instant gratification for change. And then you die. And then whatever the fallout is, the next generation has to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think Keith is wants that instant gratification without quite considering what any lasting ramifications might exist. Um, yeah. And that's that's, of course, compounded by the fact that like it will literally be after his lifetime uh, when, like, people have mm-hmm. to deal with whatever comes next. For sure. Especially, you also think about, and Royd seems very aware of that, too. It's like, it's like we gotta clean up our own mess before we go. <laughs> As well. Yeah. Boy. But, but just because he's being tacked about that, like, Keith is like, well, you're just not determinated. <laughs> Okay, okay, Keith. Keith uh-huh. basically calls Roy the pussy. Yeah, pretty much. Like, Keith's toxic, bro. <laughs> like, Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but speaking of people who are not toxic in Bundles of Joy, Freya is kind of thinking over the whole situation. And she's like, well, maybe I could get through to the wind singer with my song and try to convince him to stop. Sweet summer child. Um, and then on the bridge... It's nice of that the... you think that. It's true. It's true. It's better than not. Um, so, on the bridge of the Lysion, they're getting all set to evac the Ragnans to shelters. And uh, they're kind of going over some of the information and what they know. And Arad mentions how... They start talking about the king. Uh, about how he's actually 35. And that's pretty old for a Windermerian. and uh ernest is like it's probably because he's stubborn and ernest remember uh explains how back in the day he was contracted to train him um how to fly way back when but he had left in order to leave right before the war had started way long ago and uh this is soon breaking up as a uh a representative of the new u.n government shows up to meet with Ernest and Arad. And uh, he starts with some small talk. And Ernest is like, why are you here? Don't, don't, don't waste my time. And the UN wants to destroy the ruins on Ragna to avoid uh, the Windermerians getting it. But everybody's like, that's super risky. As you can mess with the tectonic plates on Ragna. Like, that's not a good idea. Yeah, and the UN's like, here. ah. Yeah, like the UN's like, ah, fuck you. We we already have guys setting up a nuke. Uh, we 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 didn't. We uh, me coming here is just a show of respect to Lady M. And Nurse is like, what? Ugh. So, yeah, UN UN not good. <laughs> Still, we're, we're really just <laughs> fumbling the bag on all sides. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. Yeah, and then, um, uh, let's see. Ernest is even, like, didn't even have the goddamn decency to send us some reinforcements. <laughs> like... No, yeah, that's right. 
You didn't bring anybody else with you? It's just you? It's just this ass hat. Fucking. Yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. He's so self-satisfied, mm-hmm. too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Jesus, what a, what a dick. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, back on the Sigur balance, the king is resting. And he's re- he remembers Ernest through their talks. And it's like, oh, that guy... He's somebody that's worth fighting. He's a worthy opponent. And uh, it's still kind of very much respects him, even though uh, Berger goes about all the nicknames he's had before, but like the captain of defeat and so, mm-hmm. so, so much because he's like found himself getting away of some pretty serious situations that didn't turn out great. Um so back on Ragna, the evac is going slowly, but uh, Chuck is uh, Chuck. In the meantime, seeing people on the road, skull clogged up. Chuck is watching to see the demolition guys set up, and we learn um, from Ernest that uh, Lady M was able to slow down the demolition timing. They're gonna wait at least until after the sneak attack on Al Shahal, and. Uh, in the dressing room, uh, Reina and Makina are hanging out, and she's kind of having a hard time eating. And she talks about, you know, Ragna means a lot to me. Um, and it's like, yeah, I get that. And they, you know, they do the hug. Um, but again, I, Ragna, Ragna's pretty cool. It's one of the cooler settings for a Macross show so far, which, uh, I feel that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, Rockna's fucking awesome. It's such a well realized setting. Um It's it's honestly probably the comfiest setting uh since the original Macross City, I wanna say. I could see that. Cause they don't because I can think of like Outside of like Aku Show and Seven and uh, like, I guess the San Francisco area and mm-hmm. Frontier, they don't really show places that have its own. And I think too the fact that Ragna come comes with its own culture that that the creators took a lot of time to think about in crafting it. Right. Like I I think, yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. There's a lot more thought like kind of goes back to what we said a while ago about having sentient life conflicts that weren't just like alien bugs or space vampires, you know, that this time <laughs> like they're they're they, that the conflicting parties have their own fully formed cultures, I think yeah. is what, what makes this way more homey. Hell, I'm yeah, even thinking like- of the planet, they were in on uh, Dynamite 7, despite Dynamite yeah. 7 being Dynamite 7. <laughs> right, but, like, yeah, I guess it's, like, I I don't even know what the distinction is in my mind. I guess, like, they do go through a lot of pains to, like, depict a culture. Um, and even even if, like, in some ways it can be a little surface level, like, oh, we eat jellyfish mm. here, they eat apples on Windmere. Like, there's still, like, you know, a solid, like real world basis uh like they mm-hmm. picked for the settings of each respective place and then you know 
did not copy that culture one for one, but like decided to fill in the blanks with, you know, little details that feel kind of quirky and sci-fi e, um, like shark cats. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love um, oh, that fat meerkat with a scar. So good. So good. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I, I guess like n- now that I've brought it out to, and maybe we can so- save this for after we're done with this ep- like this episode summary. But I feel like now that I've kind of brought it out to the air, I'm trying to think like what hit about the original Macross as like a setting that like doesn't quite hit the same way. Um, in in uh seven and uh in frontier because it's like in those shows like they they feel like fully realized settings like but i guess i guess that might be the difference in um in the later macross they just feel like cities in space um whereas the first macross like it's a city that kind of had to be built around this alien spaceship that they still didn't quite understand mm-hmm. and so i guess like that extra layer of it kind of the fact that it is kind of a jerry-rigged city gives it, like, a little extra homeliness. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking off my ass. No, I get you. I get you. Because uh-huh. the, the original seri- series, like, the Macross city is that people just, like, kind of rolling with the punches and putting yeah. stuff together little by little. And yeah, because ultimately it's a, it's a city full of refugees that just happen to have the space and material to make a traditional conventional city um and yeah some, something about that just makes it feel more homely i guess it's 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 not as far out it's not as probably painstakingly designed as the other fleets for instance right right because it was all about necessity and then you're kind of getting that same kind of feeling since we're on in the city of a culture instead of just here's San, we put san francisco on a spaceship but yeah, no, I, yeah, I guess, I guess that is a big part of it. Cause I mean, clearly all these cities are based off of like real life cities, um, mm. you know, with the exception of like our current season that we're watching. Well, even then they're based off of real life cultures, but like it's because it's not the metropolitan city that we're used to seeing. It, it stands out in its own right. Um, sure. But yeah, I guess like. I, I, I think I'm talking in circles now. We can we can move on. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool. So, speaking of uh, going in circles, Mirage is going over her combat data and trying to... Nice segue. <laughs> trying to um, make sense of everything before they go into the fight. And um, she sees Hayate coming out and Freya's right behind her. She ducks and she's like, why am I doing this? Um, it's like, what? Girl, you have a crush. I don't know what to tell you, but you have a crush. I know you do. Um, no chance. No way. I won't say it. No. no. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a Herculean effort for Mirage. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the Hayate and Freya start reflecting and over some food, they're chowing down. They reflect on how f- uh, far they've come since they first met on Al-Shahal. And also a little talk of his pendant. He's like, I got it from my dad. He sent it from a place. I don't know. Um, I, do, I do like when they talk about the food. Uh, mm-hmm. She's like, 
I have these apples. And Hayate's like, weren't those banned? Oh, no, these are apples from Ragna. They're a little salty. <laughs> They're sea apples. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bad apple girl. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to think too hard about the uh, mechanics of a sea apple tree. Nope, nope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are they so, underwater? Uh, does 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 the tree just drink the seawater? Can can a tree drink a seawater? Can it bear fruit? Mm-hmm. Sure, I guess. Let's go. Maybe vaguely. Um. So she talks about um a little bar a little bit more about the joy she feels in singing, and thinks, hey, maybe I could share that with everybody to stop the fighting. And Heidi's like, well, your singing makes me feel good, dude. Um, I feel like I'm given wings when I get to fly. And it's like, yeah, I like your singing. Don't hold back. And she blushes. But as, he, as he's saying this, Mirage's phone goes off. Yeah. And they're like, what were you doing? And she's like, uh, uh, I'm reviewing combat data. And um, Heidi's like, you know, stop being so uptight. We got your back. It's all good. We, we got you. Um, and she talks about how she's not really a natural to any of this, and it's why she tries so hard. Um, but then they're like, they vow to each other, hey, Mirage is like, you know, when you beat me last time in that mock match, it's not going to happen again. So, uh, she's like, you better live so we can have a rematch. (laughs) It's good. If I can't Um, date you, we're going to be rivals, bro. No, I gotta shoot you down. Like uh, the the true, the true uh, genius family, a mating ritual, courting ritual. Um, right. Well, they 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 like well, we gotta have a knife fight. We're not dating if we don't have a knife fight first. Yeah, all 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 of the genius family, uh, like women, uh, are. <laughs> They have to have some level of disdain for the people they have crushes on. It's it's mm-hmm. in it's in the family genes. You got to be a sundere. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got you gotta you gotta beat them at games first, and then you gotta have a knife fight and realize maybe we shouldn't have a knife fight. <laughs> like, is Gamlin better for uh, Mylene? Yes, absolutely. But man, that friction with Bastra is what's keeping her from fully committing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ah, uh, so um, the Legion is finally setting to take off, and I love that when Ernest is giving his uh, pep talk, he's like, "Let's show them the true meaning of yakti culture." <laughs> <laughs> that, it's so good. That will never. That will never be a cool thing to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so good. Stop uh, trying to make fetch happen, Kawamori. <laughs> so they end up all heading off uh bracing themselves for battle before they fold and the king uh back in the singer balance like something's happening so just as they're preparing for battle and come out of the fold hey look the singer balance is right there ready for them to fight and that's the episode Ah, that was a good trio of episodes to come back on. Yeah, <laughs> the the design of the the Windmere ship is fucking sick. I just felt it's like cool. I had to say that, like that 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 was kind of the standout uh, thing that I took away from this last episode. Um, 
real dope design. Real excited to see that shit do some gnarly, gnarly shit. <laughs> and it's especially cool to see that because it's like, I think the first time we've seen a protoculture ship, I think. Two? Just like... I mean, are are we counting the, the Macross itself? Like the original one? That's, that's true, but I... I might be going into we might be going into semantics with that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it it the the Macross is a repurposed protoculture true, ship true, true, um, true, using true, true, human tech. Oh wait, no, it's a reproduction. That's my mistake. Um, it's good. a reproduction using Earth technology, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a it was like a retrofit job. Yeah, so. yeah. But like but. we we you have snippets of that original protoculture ship. Mm-hmm. Um, there and do we count the protoculture homes in do you remember love yeah we might have yeah. to because first because like, i'm only the only things i'm not trying to be pedantic seen... no i get you i get you uh-huh, um because uh-huh. i think the only things we we've seen are that um some of the stuff in zero and and uh the the where the volcano where the some of the places they went to in the the chambers in seven on the island Mm, yeah yeah so like it's it's like scattered throughout the show and i think this is Mm -hmm. probably the the biggest um at least to me uh this feels like the most What's the word I'm looking for? Um, momentous reveal of protoculture technology since Do You Remember Love? I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, this is this is a full-blown ship as opposed to um, some homes and, like, you know, settlements. Mm. Uh, and I remember what I was thinking of now in, spe- in really pedantic measures for the original Macross. It was, supervision ar- it was a supervision army ship, I think? That's why the Centrati were... Oh like oh we gotta be which is funny because that's the only time they ever mentioned the supervision army <laughs> mm-hmm. well aren't the zentradi ships also just protoculture relics because they don't know how to to maintain them i think so yeah. i think so that could be true too so i mean th- i assume they were protoculture ships made for the zentradi though so they probably mm-hmm. didn't have all the features and amenities a classic protoculture ship might have Mm-hmm. yeah because the the inside what we see in the cigar balance just looks like a royal cathedral <laughs> yeah yeah which yeah that is certainly more protoculture than zentradi to be sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just wait we get all the things in the comments you guys don't know I, 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 yeah I, please in, inform me i am genuinely curious uh be nice about it because you know yeah. i'm just a guy but like you know uh then again i remember it's been a while since we've watched the original series so you know yeah like what three four years are are we counting the three episodes of robotech we saw last year i want to say it's been a we watched those episodes this year i think it's been a long year (laughs) yeah it's been a long year man so (laughs) yeah we might have forget forgotten i almost said forgetting that's not a word forgotten a thing or two like I'm, I'm writing a top five games list of uh, 2022, and like legit, I forgot Elden Ring and King of Fighters 15 and Tunic came out this year. Yeah, 
That's so right, they did. yeah uh the people listening take that for what you will <laughs> time keeps on slipping <laughs> slipping slipping into the future well i think on that note we should tell people where they can jam on our socials before those all go up in flames because who knows um <laughs> yeah so call. uh you can always find us at anchor.fm slash two do you remember we're on all your podcatchers of choice, whether it be Spotify, Google Play, Apple. Feel free to like send us a review. Uh, give us some stars. We'd love to hear from you guys. On that note, drymcast at gmail.com is the best place to email us. Or you can, for now, while it's still it's vaguely usable. While there's still you time. Find, you can find us on Twitter at Remember. We're also on co-host. Um, at do you remember we're not we haven't used that ton yet and also mastodon we're on there somewhere because uh, mastodon's a little confusing um and if people we do have a facebook where i don't know we're going to use that anytime soon but we do appreciate the little message there every so often so we're there as well um as always thanks to mr chris egan's artist game developer composer uh guy who made the game risk system for buying the show's key art uh, to see more of his work, check out system underscore game on Twitter. That's now on everything. Also, congrats to them. That game just came out in Japan, finally. So, I hope it does really well for them over there. I hope it does well, yeah. It's, it is a good game. Buy it. <laughs> Buy it, please. It's also on Game Pass, I'm pretty sure. Um, mm-hmm. So, try it there. Um, Dylan, Dylan. Or we're talking about risking systems and ornate ships and a lot of stuff like that. Uh, we we did talk a lot about video games. So take me backstage. Tell me about video games and the unexplored places they may contain. <laughs> um, so I'm involved in two other podcasts. And this is the part of the show where I plug them real quick. Hope you're okay with that. Too bad. I'm going anyway. Um, <laughs> I am involved in backstage gaming which is a show where myself and friend of this show, Chris Wilson, um, together we are two fine arts majors who uh, did a lot of work together in college. um, And we take the critical lens that we've given to plays and movies, and we try to examine them uh, video games through that same fine arts lens. Uh, If that sounds cool to you, you can find us on... uh, backstage gaming i don't know if i said the name of the, t- the the name of the podcast i got a little bit of a loopy energy right now you said um, it you good cool um you can find us on twitter at bsg underscore cast and on facebook and if you want to listen to us you can find us on stitcher apple Podcasts, google play wherever you get your podcasts um i am also involved with the unexplored places which is an actual play podcast where um for those who don't know, an actual play podcast is when you play a tabletop game like Dungeons and Dragons and use it to tell a long-running story. Um, the current season, uh, we, we recently wrapped on our current season, which was Masks, um, which was a superhero-themed show. Um, but you can also go back and listen to Tango Sector, which is a uh, space opera uh, where you know kind of firefly adjacent where a bunch of like smugglers um and we uh you know get into trouble with the law it's pretty fun uh but currently we are setting up for our next season 
I don't know if I can say the title, uh, so I'll hold off on that, but I will tell you guys right now that it is a... It's science fiction again, so it's still relevant to your taste. Um, <laughs> but it's a space occult west space western. Um, so I, I'm i real excited for that. Uh, I feel like I've said this Ooh. on the show before, but I am a huge fan of Trigun. So I'm really excited to to be working on this campaign. Um, we, we have recorded episode zero where we have rolled characters. I do not think that has gone live yet, but keep an eye out for that. It should be really fun. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. Let's go. So your character's name is going to be Dilla the Thrower. Ha ha! Ha ha! Actually, the, the, no. The, my character's name is Adeline. Thank you very much. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've rolled the characters and everything. I'm real excited. It'll be, it'll be the age of Adeline. That's a movie. Um, so Dylan, or, or where can people follow you to keep up with all the crazy happenings or say if if you were gonna that game of the years list you're working on when where people can find that as soon as that goes up yeah um if you want to hit me up um if you want to see what i'm up to if you you know even want to just shoot the shit about video games or anime you can find me on twitter where my handle is at the dilla that is t-h-a underscore d-i-l-a sick if you want to find me, uh, well, it's still there uh, at Rider Strike on Twitter, um, and then uh, every all my other socials are Rider Strike Card Co. I'm on that co-host too. I like co-host. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun place. You sh- you should get a co-host, Dylan. <laughs> Maybe I won't. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we'll see. You know I'll what? That that might I don't, that, I don't that know might what... be the play. Mm-hmm. I don't know what co-host is, so I'd have to look into it. I get you. I it's it's kind of like Twitter meets meets Tumblr a little more on the Tumblr side, but um, it's cool. I dig it. Um, though I don't blame you for like maybe I just won't have social media anymore, and that might not be a bad play either. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. Nah, I gotta I gotta play the game to an extent. So yeah, we'll we'll I see. Get you. I feel I feel the pain. That's why I have a mastodon. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, with that, that is it for this time. Next time, when we get to it, uh, let, Dylan, Dylan, are you ready for a fight? A big, a big spaceship fight. Why do you think I watch these shows? <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That's a really mean thing to say. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Alright, see ya everybody. Bye bye. (laughs)